Walmart strikes a deal with Orlando Health, its first health system partnership. CMS backtracks on proposed home health Medicare payment cuts, and infant mortality in the United States rose for the first time in two decades, according to a new report. It's Friday, November 3rd. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Walmart Health announced Tuesday that it signed a new partnership with a Florida-based health plan, as well as its first partnership with a health system. According to a release, it will partner with Orlando Health, a not-for-profit system with 29 hospitals, as well as urgent care and outpatient clinics and freestanding emergency departments throughout Central Florida. Walmart said its partnership with Orlando Health would allow the two organizations to better coordinate patient care throughout the area. Walmart has three health centers in Orlando. Walmart Health will also partner with health insurer Ambetter Health, which is operated by Centene. Ambetter sells individual health plans on the Florida ACA marketplace. Through the partnership, Ambetter will now include Walmart Health Centers as a preferred provider in seven Florida counties through its Ambetter Value Plan. Walmart currently operates 23 centers in the state, which provide health services, including primary care, labs, behavioral health, and x-rays for patients. Like other prominent retailers, Walmart Health has been rapidly expanding its footprint in the healthcare industry. The national store chain currently operates 48 Walmart health centers in five states, which are adjacent to its Supercenter shopping locations. The company is also planning on adding more clinic locations next year and expanding into the Missouri, Arizona, and Oklahoma markets for the first time. It was also rumored in September that it wanted to purchase a majority stake in the senior-oriented value-based care organization ChenMed. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will increase Medicare payments slightly to home health organizations next year, a reversal from a proposed rule it issued this summer. The final rule was submitted to the Federal Register for public inspection on Wednesday and is scheduled to be officially published on Monday, November 13th. In it, as available Wednesday, CMS will increase 2024 home health payments by eight-tenths of a percent, or around $140 million. The final payment rule will go into effect on January 1, 2024. CMS originally proposed cuts this summer to home health providers of 2.2 percent, or roughly $375 million less compared to this year's payment levels. At the time, the adjustment to the payment rate was meant to account for the implementation of the patient-driven groupings model. That model was rolled out at the beginning of 2020 in order to reduce unnecessary care by tying pay to patient characteristics instead of therapy hours. 
CMS's proposed rules were highly criticized by industry groups when the proposed rule was released. The Partnership for Quality Home Health Care issued a statement warning that the cuts would reduce access to home health care services for millions of older patients. Following the release of the final rule, the organization said in a statement that it remains disappointed in CMS's decision and that the agency's methodology will result in $25 billion in cuts over the next decade. As America ages, home health care is a burgeoning industry. Its market size was valued at nearly $143 billion last year and is expected to deliver more than $253 billion in care in the United States by 2030. The United States saw infant mortality rise for the first time in two decades, according to a new report published Wednesday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Infant mortality is the measure of how many babies die before they reach their first birthday. According to the provisional data from the CDC's National Center for Vital Statistics, there were 5.6 infant deaths per 1,000 live births in 2022. That's compared to 5.44 infant deaths per 1,000 live births in 2021. This marked the first year-over-year -year increase since 2001 to 2002. Researchers did not indicate what factors could have contributed to the increase in the report. Deaths among infants born to black mothers remained the highest of all racial and ethnic groups, at almost twice the U.S. average at nearly 10.86 per 1,000 births. The infant mortality rate increased among the American Indian and Alaska Native population from nearly 7.5 infant deaths per 1,000 live births in 2021 to slightly more than 9 deaths per 1,000 live births last year. There was also a slight increase in the infant mortality rate among those of white or European descent. More than 30 states saw at least slight rises in infant mortality rates in 2022, but four states had statistically significant increases – Georgia, Iowa, Missouri, and Texas. Nevada was the only state that saw a statistically significant decline in infant mortality last year. The United States has the highest maternal and infant mortality rate compared to other wealthy nations like Norway, Canada, Japan, and Germany. Coming up on Monday, I'm joined by Washington Post national health reporter Dan Diamond to talk about Congress's delay in reauthorizing the nation's 20-year-old global HIV prevention program called the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, or PEPFAR. Be sure to join us. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.